on his first trip to Paris. Kind of girl jumps off the Eiffel Tower has issues, man. Major issues. You mustn't get involved. It's much too dangerous, believe me. You must go before it's too late. I was attacked by this big wild dog. It was not a dog. It was a werewolf. <laughs> Now you have become one too. <laughs> you are listening to Don't Be That Guy, Guide to Sequel and Remix. This is episode 328. I'm Marquis Mike. Happy Halloween! That's... That was my best Dracula. Yeah. Not my best Dracula. I can do better. Do you want to give it a shot? Oh, oh, oh. Happy Halloween! That's, a, that's count, more Count. Count Chaka. Yeah. Or the Count from Muppets. Mm hmm. It is all you know. I was listening to a podcast. On the, I was listening to another show. Uh, there are other podcasts that exist outside of this one. I know it's rare, but <laughs> I was listening. They were talking about Halloween and just how like for people who are really into it or kids like COVID. COVID. I mean, I know we all kind of agree COVID sucks. But COVID really sucks for Halloween. It was. It fell on a Saturday. It was going to be like a full moon if you're into that and just yeah. If you're a kid, oh man, I have to sit out Halloween. A Saturday Halloween, nonetheless. Yeah, I mean, did they uh, did they drop any? Did the state or anyone or the community drop any like restrictions? I don't think the man's getting involved. Yeah, I think it's better that way. But, but I, my life's not going to be on. Yeah, I mean, not, I, I don't want a bunch of people coming to my door, breathing on me. I mean, if we got trick or treaters here, which we don't. It would be a bowl of candy out. Yeah, I think I'm going to set a bowl out. Yeah, but, bowl uh, out, take it if you want it. And yeah. if you want it all, take it, I don't care. Yeah. But, you know, if, you, if you've been practicing social distancing, if you're a child, I've been seeing them on the gram, you know, they're like, oh, they finally had a play date, they're wearing masks, you know, it's like two friends. You're just not going to do the whole Halloween experience of like, yeah. getting with your friends, you know, the crowded streets, it's, it's not going to happen. No, no. Yeah, um, speaking of Halloween, Mark, let me ask you, uh, are you yay or nay on ca- on uh, candy corn? Nay. You're nay, huh? Nay, I've, I haven't touched the candy corn in 20 years. Hmm. I don't regret it. You know, I was a nay when I was at the age of trick-or-treating yeah. and stuff. The older I get, though, I've, I've started to really enjoy candy okay. corn. I haven't tasted one in forever. I just As a kid, I hated it. I was like, this is gross. Yeah, you're like, I want so, Reese's, yeah. not that... Shitty ass little packet of Brock's candy corn. Yeah, so why would I ever go back to it? So I've I've never gone back to it. Yeah, I've uh, over the last few years I've really gone uh, gained an appreciation for it. Um, should I go back? You should, I, try should I give it. it a try? You should try it. Yeah, the candy corn's always part of that. Uh, you know, buy two bags for two dollar. Mm-hmm. You know, at the gas station. Yep. Uh, I use, I usually just go. I double up gummy worms. I'm a gummy guy. Not circus peanuts. You don't throw down a circus peanut once in a while. No, when it comes to my candy. I pretty much am a M&M's kind of guy or gummies. Peanut butter or peanut butter? Uh, Don't say pretzel. Peanut peanut butter, if they have it. Peanut is using my default because I just feel like it's more more, uh, convenient to find. And then uh, I'll go with a regular. Hmm. I don't get too crazy. I don't delve into uh, a crispy. Um, I did try. They did have a... um, Chocolate fudge M M&M. and M. I was like, "Oh, that sounds fun." I had to try that. It's all right. Um, I, I've not, I don't have. I've never had a pretzel M M&M. and M. They're decent. Okay. They just can't get them. Yeah. You can't find them. They're like special edition. I haven't done uh, done a caramel. 
M&M. I think I've had those. Those are good. Yeah. Uh, I like the peanut. I'm a peanut guy. Yeah. Peanut butter would be my second choice. Yeah. You know anybody who's like a peanut guy but hates the peanut butter one? Much like how people uh, can hate smooth, man, you know, but really love chunky. <laughs> They're like, oh, I love peanut M&M's, hate peanut butter m I don't think the word hate would be used, but <laughs> if it were to be used, it would be my dad. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think he'll just only eat peanut M&M's. Right. If there's other M&M varieties, he just won't eat them. If I don't think he hates them, yeah. but if they're not peanut, he's not going to eat them. If you're on a trip, and you're like, hey, Dad, I took care of the snacks. I got some chips, I got some jerky, oh, I got some peanut M&M's. He's like, oh, pass me a bag. You grab it, you go, oh, sorry, peanut butter. He'd be like, no, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Like, put it, he, he would turn it down. Yeah. It's peanut M&M or nothing. Or nothing. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Or, I mean, he likes a Reese's Cup, too. <laughs> but but in the M&M realm, yeah. he's eating peanut M&M's or he's not eating peanut would he eat Reese's, not eating Would he eat Reese's Pieces? No, he won't eat Reese's Pieces. Okay, he won't eat the Reese's Okay, because no. that'd be insane. He'd Reese's be insane Cups, bad. Reese's Cups only. I know they taste different, but if I if you were like, hey, I have, I have these uh, Reese's Pieces, you're like, oh, I'm into that. He's like, oh, sorry, they're peanut butter M&M's. He'd be like, fuck out of, out of here. Well, so, like, if you were to offer... I think if you were to offer peanut butter M&M's and Reese's Pieces, mm-hmm. he would take the Reese's Pieces. Okay. Okay, I, they do taste different. But... But, I mean, they're the same candy that just different yeah. peanut butter flavor. Yeah. Um, if you were to offer a Reese's Cup and a Reese's Pieces, mm-hmm. he takes a Reese's Cup. Okay. If you were to be like, hey, we're out of Reese's Cups, but we got Reese's Pieces, he'd be like, okay, I'll have the Reese's Pieces. But if you're going to be like, hey, we're out of peanut M&M's, but we have peanut butter M&M's, or we have plain M&M's, he'll just be like, nah, I'll have nothing. Where's he on the Nutrageous? It's a great candy. I remember when Nutrageous came out, my dad was down. Yeah. He was down with the Nutrageous. Every now and then, you know, on a road trip, you go to the They're gas good. station, you pick up a bottle of water, soda pop, peruse the candy aisle, I'll grab a Nutrageous. The Nutrageous is so yeah. good. It's got that salty peanuts and the sweet peanut butter in the middle. Do they pass that out for Halloween? I didn't Is there know, a mini? I've never I, seen a mini Nutrageous. Well, I, they, I have had a mini Nutrageous. Okay. They exist. I'll have to in look. In the wild. Yeah. But, so they're still making Nutrageous? Yeah. Yeah, you can go. Because I haven't seen one in the store. Oh. Well, I, I don't know if you have to go to a gas station. Go to the gas station in my house. They get, Reese's has like knockoff. Reese's has just like made their own version of other candy bars. So they have the Nutrageous. Then they have one that's like, it's pretty much a, it's like Reese's Crispy or something like that. It's pretty much just a Butterfinger, but with peanut butter. And then they have a, like a Kit Kat bar that's just, it's like, yeah, but it's Reese's Kit Kat bar. So it's just more peanut butter in it. Mm. Everything has peanut butter in it, but they've just taken other versions of popular candies and made their own Reese's versions of them. So they've made them all better because yeah. Reese's peanut butter is so good. The, the Reese's Butterfinger, like, knockoff thing is is better than a Butterfinger because it's it, it's a Butterfinger it has peanut butter but they've like softened whatever is in the middle of a Butterfinger that sticks to your teeth oh yeah they've just softened it a bit it's so then creamy. when you bite yeah it's creamier you bite it you get that texture of a Butterfinger but it doesn't stick to your teeth more of a dissolve versus a compact into the crevices yeah yeah oh man but that's what I always liked about the Butterfinger I was enjoying it for like two hours yeah, <laughs> save it for later. Oh. While you're enjoying that Butterfinger, 
two hours to kill. What, what are you watching? I actually got some stuff watched, Mark. Mm. And uh, we were talking pre-show. I went on a little road trip to visit some family. Yeah. So this is going to... Throw a movie in the dashboard while you drive. <laughs> this is going to kind of throw out, like, the, the dynamic of my family I was visiting. Yeah. Um, 2006 uh, Owen Wilson vehicle, Cars. Okay, yeah. Watched Cars. I've never seen. First time. Pretty good. Pretty good movie. Yeah. 2011, which I can't believe they waited five years, Cars 2. I also never seen. Also, pretty good movie. Well, mini, uh, mini DBTG review, did we need it? No. Okay. <laughs> we'll dive deeper maybe later, but yeah, anytime we do a sequel or remake, yeah. I feel like we owe it to the audience to say, uh, you know, yay or nay. Um... I'm gonna be. Di- I'm gonna disappoint the fans here. I did not watch Cars three, mm. and it's many people's favorite. Okay, so maybe I'll get to it. Then, 2019's Frozen two. Mm. I have not seen Frozen one. Yeah, I thought they were putting in Frozen one. They skip right to two, and so I was excited. Yeah, I was like, cool. Yeah, let's check this Frozen shit out. Uh-huh. With the two Frozen two splashes on the screen. And I just was like, hold the damn phone. I'm going to be so yeah, lost. Were, 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 you, were you able to pick up or was there a lot of backstory you were missing? Uh, you didn't need it. It was... Because I, I, I've seen Frozen 1. I feel like they cover a lot of that family dynamic in the first one. Unless I they would, rehash it I think second. I would have liked to have seen Frozen 1 uh, before I saw Frozen 2, but it com- completely launched just because like, I got some mental issues. Yeah. So it kind of like... I was shaking, you know, I was kind of like, I need to watch Frozen 1 first. Yeah. But I just, okay, put put my OCD's tendencies behind me, my completionist tendencies. Mm. Let's watch it, and, and I really enjoyed it. They have a funny little wrap-up of the first movie during movie, movie oh, 2. Oh, good, good. Um, Is I, it a Friday the 13th Part 2 style, just dream sequence? No. It's the first no, 10 minutes? No, it's that little, uh... What is that little white dude with the carrot nose? Olaf? Olaf. What yeah. is he? Uh, He's a penguin? snowman. Snowman. Yeah. The little snowman penguin guy did a little funny little... and Which I think you would have appreciated more had you seen Frozen 1. Mm-hmm. But it helped me kind of like, okay. Yeah. Um, that being said, Frozen 2 is pretty damn good. Okay. Um, a little political. A little political <laughs> for, for, a, for a Disney movie. Like, they're t- It's all environmental. There's dams and stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, these kids don't. I'm the only one that's like even thinking about. You this. know, but Disney, that's that's their game, man. It is Pocahontas. Yeah, you know, is. Can, can you can you walk a mile in a stranger's shoes? That's part of the song, right? You don't it's know. Right. You don't even know what you didn't even know. I think that's one of the lines too hmm. from the song. You know. Yeah, and uh, oh, on a side note, after watching these three Disney movies, I played a. This is a little side note. I played a board game. <clears throat> Um, with my brothers and and my my sister in law, called D- Disney Villainous, and it is like one of the coolest board games I've ever played in my life. Oh, okay, everyone takes the role of a Disney um, villain, and you're trying to everyone's doing something different to win the game. I was Captain Hook, so I had to get Peter Pan to my ship and defeat him. Where um, my brother was uh, Jafar. Yeah, he had to. Trap the genie, hypnotize the genie. It, it was awesome. Mm. So, side note. Okay, you know we went into our, we got our movies for this week. The, this set me on another 
little thing. So after watching the movies for the show, I was on a, like, huh, let's uh, check out what else we got werewolf style here. Yeah. So I typed... Spoilers were- for later in the episode. Yeah, so I, t- I typed werewolf movies into Google, and the first few came up, and I'm like, all right, let's see what I can stream here. The first one, uh, The Howling. Yep. I couldn't stream it mm. for free. It's paid on Amazon. It was, I was like, I'm not feeling a rental right now. That's like... Werewolf number one, right? Yeah. The Howling. The Howling. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm not going to watch The Howling. And then um, I was like, well, I got a couple werewolf movies here that I have in my collection, which I actually, they're two of the movies I kept of my big mm. DVD purge. And I'm like, well, one is like two and a half hours long. Yeah. I'm going to watch that. And the other one is just too gritty. I'm not going to watch that. So I went down the, I went down the list and available to stream... Uh, 2003's Underworld. Okay. On Netflix. Yeah, there's a... Um, Remind... Is it Vampires vs. Werewolves? Yeah, it's Vampires okay. it's not just a straight werewolves. werewolves. Okay. They call them lichens. Yeah. Because um, they're fancy. They're fancy. Uh, that movie sucks. <laughs> that... I actually was actually... i surprised I'd never seen it. Oh, you've never seen it? No, I had a roommate that was like so jacked up for it and was like really into it. Yeah. And so he kind of ruined it for me. I'm like, I'm not going to go because you like it and frankly, I despise you right now. <laughs> so that movie sucks. Yeah, we'll talk shit about the guy after after, after the episode, but he had like a Kate Beckinsale poster or something. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Like he was, yeah, he was super in underworld. Like, this is the best movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that movie sucked. It was not good. Yeah. And like, Kate Beckinsale's great. Like, She's a she's a good actress, I think. I think she was fine in the role, but all her surrounding cast was like, "Who the fuck are these guys? Like, this is a high budget movie. You can't get someone a little better." Is it Bill than Nighy in Bill it. Bill Nighy, but he's in it for like five minutes. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then so Did half those guys go on to like being Game of Thrones. Probably. <laughs> so after watching that, I'm on Netflix, and next like a suggestion or whatever. And I took a I took a gamble. I'd never heard of this movie, Mark. Mm-hmm. This is a Netflix original, 2020, Vampires versus the Bronx. Oh yeah, I started it. That's a freaking good movie. Yeah, okay, I didn't stop it because it was bad. I just ran to a time constraint. Great movie. Yeah. Okay. Classic vampire tale. Are there werewolves? No werewolves. No. Okay. I I, I kind of it pivoted into just okay. Uh, October movie. Ah. I'll call it an October gotcha. movie. Not a Halloween movie. It's an October movie. Yeah, so I pivoted into vampires. I mean, the werewolves took me to Underworld, which is a merge of both. Yeah. Underworld took me to this vampire movie. I highly recommend people check that out. It's a fun little movie. Okay. Fun little movie, worth watching. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That's what I have watched. Okay. What have you watched? I was hoping you watched more werewolves movies, because one of my questions was going to be, I was going to try to compare cinematic werewolves and how they appear on screen. See if there's a version we like, but we're just gonna have to go off full on memory. Uh, yeah, you have a few days left in October. Might I recommend uh, uh, Dog Soldiers, which I think is uh, superior, or it's a great werewolf. Yeah, movie. so so I have the two movies I kept. Yeah, two of the DVDs I kept are Dog Soldiers. Yeah, and uh, Brotherhood of the Wolf. Okay. Never so I Brother- got those. Yeah. Brotherhood of the Wolf's almost three hours long. Dog Soldiers is not as long, but it's a gritty movie. It's gory. Yeah. yeah, and those I I have them pulled out. I'm going to watch them. Yeah, 
soon. And then, yeah, I found the Howling, and then the one I keep seeing, I kept seeing on the list is, uh, is Ginger Snaps, which I, I had not seen. Never heard of that. But he, it's recommended as a werewolf movie, and so I'm going to try to try to find that one as well. Yeah. I, I do want to watch The Howling. Um, I probably haven't seen that in 20 years. Yeah. Um, have you seen Benicio Del Toro's The Wolfman? Have not. I also never saw that. It no, kind of just I came and went. I have see not it. seen that either. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I saw some things. Um, I'm going to start on the things that, that weren't. I wasn't feeling super Halloween-y yet. Uh, this movie, I was on net. I was cruising through Netflix. It was like Saturday morning. I was like, I'm going I'm to start my day off with a movie while, while I eat my eggs and toast. Uh, what looks good and what's under an hour and 40 minutes. It takes you an hour and 40 to eat eggs and toast, huh? Yeah, I drink, and you drink my coffee. <laughs> what do I have to do that to? I have to do something. Oh, I was getting my sprinklers blown out. I had to do some yard work to prep for the guy coming. Yeah, yeah. And so yeah. I had to mentally psych myself up to, like, go do it. So yeah, like, I'm going to start with some coffee and a movie. Get the water turned off, yeah. get the, the leaves moved. Yeah. Uh, I watched the movie. On Netflix, I believe it is called The Take. But... When I went to log it into Letterbox, it is called Bastille Day. Um, it is so it's it's a it's a British movie, and it stars um, uh, Idris Elba as a CIA operative who needs to team up with a pickpocket, played by uh, Richard Madden from Game of Thrones fame, uh, to stop a terrorist attack in France. Um, it's not great, but it's fun. Like it's just, it's just fun enough to where like, yeah, that was a fun hour and a half. CIA battles terrorist movies, and also I, I just thought it would be James. He, I just that was the best part of the movie. Everyone else, uh, what well, it, it's uh, it takes place in France, and I feel like everyone uh, their mouths are moving. And it just feels like why does everyone sound like they're like. 80 yard. <laughs> They're all speaking English. And Richard Madden threw me off because uh, I believe he's actually a... I believe he's Irish or something. Who does he play in Game of Thrones? Uh, who's been anyone Richard Madden? He plays Rob. Rob Stark. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think he's British or... I, I think he has an accent in real life. And he's talking. And I was like, oh, okay. He's like a... He's an Irish guy or like a, like a thick British accent guy living in France. And then, like, and then they pull up like the CIA, CIA, uh, you know, uh, background on him. And it was like, born in Las Vegas. His father was a magician. I was like, is he? <laughs> He's not selling me that this man has ever been to America. <laughs> but all right, I believe you. Um, yeah, it's the plot's dumb, but I just helped us some cool, some cool fighting, some some hand to hand. There's some, there's some cool chases in it. It's on Netflix. It's like an hour forty minutes. You know. You can probably find something better. You can find something worse. <laughs> you know. It, it's a movie that exists that I didn't hate. It is what it is. It is what it is. Yeah. Um, a movie I also on Netflix that uh, if you can do better than Bastille Day, might I recommend this movie. I watched the movie, uh, 2016's movie Hush, which is uh, directed by Mike Flanagan. It stars uh, Kate Siegel. So if you've seen The Haunting of Hill House, uh, Mike Flanagan is the showrunner of that show and uh, Kate Siegel's in it. They're, 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 a, they're a couple. They're a married couple. And that movie is awesome. It's, she plays a mute, deaf writer who lives in the woods. And it's a very small story. Um, a masked 
sociopath, you know, a, a mass killer, happens upon her house and decides to stalk her and, um, it, you know, so from there it's just kind of this, like, thriller cat and mouse game. Uh, I am loving everything you're telling me. I'm yeah. adding it to my watch list. I watched it. It was dope. Also, not to interrupt, I mm-hmm. switched to Letterboxd. Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh. I like it better. Yeah. I just, um, I've, I've been using it for about a month or so, or however long we've been talking about it, and uh, I finally just went pro. And, oh. And I've been liking the pro. Okay. Yeah, so. But, and I feel like you need some stats. And, and if you are, um, I don't know. I mean, I was keeping a um, spreadsheet that had pivot tables, so I kind of had, I was already <laughs> leading to, like, the nerdy aspect of, like, logging things, and so now this just does it for me. Yeah. Fun. I was almost. I almost sent this to you while I was playing around on Pro, and it was just like, "Ooh, here's your 2020 in review." And they say, "Here's your most watched director." Here, or and then you can switch it to highest rated, and so you can say, "Oh, here are the directors I've really liked. Here are your most watched st- actors, actors and actresses." Number one on that list, Ed Helms. <laughs> I've seen more Ed Helms movies in 2020 than any other actor. That's amazing. Yeah. So I gotta. I got I got some work to do. So you start going through like uh, I don't know, like Denzel Washington's, you know. Uh, I, I just need to like stream all the Rocky movies real fast and just you know get Stallone's numbers. Yeah. <laughs> to, cause I don't want to. I don't want to come January one, get my year in review and be like, you love that helps. You love Ed. Ed's your boy. <laughs> yeah. So check out Hush. Uh, and then I uh, the, you know these these two movies these last two movies I watched you can almost do a, a double feature if you had the time you know I mean you gotta set aside six hours to watch these movies <laughs> uh, I watched uh, the first or uh, 2017's It uh, we we've talked about it on this show uh, do we do we do It too as an I episode? think we did yeah okay so we, we've talked about the show I still like it it is just it's I mean it's just the cast is so charming it's Stranger Things but they say fuck a lot yeah and it's just, it's cussing. I, I really enjoy it. it. It is long. It's two and a half hours. But I dug it. And then uh, I think a movie that it maybe owes a little credit to. I watched uh, 2011 Super 8, which I hadn't seen in a long time. And um, that's also just a nice little gem of a movie. And I, I think Stranger Things, it, like, Super 8 crawled so those movies could, could walk. Yeah, Super 8 is... In my opinion, extremely underrated. Yeah, you, you don't hear people talking about Super 8, especially. I mean, it it's eighties nostalgia. It, it, I think it takes place in nineteen seventy nine, right on the cusp of nineteen seventy nine, nineteen eighty. It's got this um, cast of you know the misfit gang of of high school or I don't know, middle schoolers, and it's got the sci fi element you see in like Stranger Things. It's got horror elements. It's yeah, it's it's a really good movie. It is. It is yeah. a good movie. Yeah. Uh, and that's it. So ch- yeah, check out it. Super eight hush. Yeah, yeah. definitely. If you want to get a, a horror movie in the next couple of days, I, I I really liked hush. Hush sounds really good. I um, seeing the the picture of the poster, I feel like maybe I saw that on a yeah like a streaming service. Like yeah, it, it's on out. Netflix. So yeah, but yeah, now that you uh, recommended it, I'm it check might it out. be a Netflix original. Okay. And so, yeah, it, it, I do feel like... It is the only streaming service on... Yeah. So I do feel like it's one that Netflix this month... Because I do think I was just scrolling through. It got to my horror section. It was like the number one. It was like oh, right cool. there. So I was like, yeah, let's check this out. Yeah, I'm going to check that out. That sounds really good. Hubie Halloween, followed by Hush. Netflix. They just... They, they, they got the hits. Yeah, it's got that guy from Newsroom that I like. Oh. John Gallagher. 
I you know, I didn't recognize it's a very small cast. I did sure not recognize um, anybody else in it. So, well, that'd be fun for you. Yeah, I'm excited. Check that out. It looks good. Yeah. Uh, outside of that, um, that's what I watched. We we did watch two other movies in preparation. We are still in Spooktober, Shocktober. Sorry, it's not the guy from Newsroom. Ooh, that's okay. Redacted. Redacted. <laughs> We're gonna edit, edit that out. out. <laughs> it's not Jeff Daniels. <laughs> Mike thought it was Jeff. He looked like, that was Jeff Daniels. Right? <laughs> uh, it was not. No. Uh, we watched the 1997 sequel to the 1981 film, An American Werewolf in London. We watched An American Werewolf in Paris. Uh, American Werewolf in London is a 1981 film directed by John Landis. It stars David Naughton, Jenny Agutter? Agutter? Not too familiar. I'm not sure on the pronunciation. Griffin Dunn, John Woodvine. It is the story of uh, two American tourists who are on a, a... Can you do a walkabout in England? Is that what the, is that what they were doing? Yeah. I, I know you can do a walkabout yeah, in like, Australia. Just, you know, they're doing that classic movie trope, backpacking across Back, Europe. Thing. Backpacking across Europe. Yeah. Um, two American tourists who are Which backpacking their the way. movies make it seem like very easy to do. All anyone seems to have is like one pair of blue jeans... <laughs> And like a jacket, and a, you can just go across Europe. A puffy vest. And the guy had a Jan Sport backpack. Yep. <laughs> it was a nice Jan Sport, but yeah, very nice. Yeah, yeah. You lifetime warranties on those Jan Sports. Yeah. You hitchhike. You just get out. You start walking, um, and they are attacked by what the villagers are saying is a maniac. But um, what we learn is uh, a werewolf. Um, one of the tourists, Jack, is is killed in the event, and uh, the protagonist of our story, David, is bitten. Or is he bitten? Do you have to be bitten by a werewolf to turn a werewolf, or can you just be scratched? I believe you need to be bitten. Okay, so he was bitten at some point. Yeah. Uh, he was bitten by a werewolf, and he's taken to a um, hospital in London where he meets a nurse and shacks up with her for a few days. And then starts transforming into a werewolf. Uh, was this your first time seeing an American werewolf in London? It was not. No. Yeah. It was uh, not. This was mine. I'd never I'd never seen this movie. I think I'd seen bits and pieces of it. I never actually sat down and watched it. Uh, what do you think of American Werewolf in London? I absolutely thoroughly enjoy that movie. Um, I've probably seen it five times, yeah. I would say. I had a, a co-worker of my father's. Dropped off. I was really into horror movies at the time. When I was in high school, he mm-hmm. dropped off a VHS of an American Werewolf in London for me to check out. Yeah, and just like loved it. First time I watched it. Watch it every few years since. And uh, yeah, it's a charming. It's a char. It, to me, it's a charming movie. It doesn't take itself too seriously. No. It's got some really cool. Uh, makeup and and the effects that are you know you, you know we we talk about you know movies that age well and I think like yeah it does show its age mm-hmm. but those practical effects still work yes a note to all future directors practical effects can still work we'll get into it with American Wolf Paris yes uh, yeah the movie is listed as a uh, horror comedy and while I didn't find the movie funny. Tonally, it does have like a a comedic tone, which yes. is nice. Like it, it makes it like a 
yeah, it's not doesn't take itself too seriously. Yeah. They're they're not cracking wise, but just totally it has a comedic tone with like these horror elements. Then there are some funny things that are said and uh, funny situations. Uh, uh, Jack coming back as a, as the undead and just his demeanor about being undead is funny. While he doesn't say anything funny, it is it, it's comedic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, I really dug it. And so when I was looking at my list of like what are what are the top werewolf movies? This one was always in the list, and uh, deservedly so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it had a $5.8 million budget, grossed uh, $62 million worldwide, uh, $30 million domestic. So, um, what's that, more than six times its, its budget, just domestically? Um, 1981. Yeah. Holds a 87% uh, approval rating on Rotten Tomato. Uh, and a fun fact, this movie was the first ever winner of the Academy Award for Best Makeup. Really? Yeah, they they, uh, they implemented the award in 1981, and uh, American Werewolf in London was the uh, the first recipient. I didn't know that. Yeah, so there you go, a little, little fun fact for you. A uh, little, little nugget. So, uh, fast forward 16 years later. People love an American Werewolf in London. It's on the tip of everybody's tongue. It's time to <laughs> get us a sequel. And this time we're going to move the location. We get an American Werewolf in Paris. Uh, American Werewolf in Paris comes out in 1997. Oh, switch over. It was directed by uh, Anthony Waller, sorry, Tom Everett Scott, Julie Delpy, Vince Velouf, Julie Bowen. Uh, Phil Buckman. There's a, there's there's some other people in this movie. Uh, it is this follows a similar story, but it's, it's three. So they're already up in the ante. It's three American tourists who are um, making their way across Europe, but not just backpacking like a bunch <laughs> of losers. These these guys are uh, they're extreme sportsmen. Yeah, they they uh, they walk around with a bungee rope in their backpack. Uh, I think that's the only extreme sport they do. Is that? It, 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 they weren't parachuting. Yeah, I mean, they're on a Daredevil tour. They're on a Daredevil tour. Whatever the fuck that means. Not just a Daredevil tour, though. Well, I guess it's part. It's, it's a subcategory of Daredevil touring is uh, you get sex points. Yeah, yeah, your conquest. So uh, they're just... Uh, sexual conquesting. Yeah, they are just bungee jumping and fucking their way across they're Europe. They're just tearing Europe up. <laughs> 1990s style. The, only, the way you can only do it in the 1990s, wearing wearing your bro tank, your Janko jeans, listen to Smash Mouth. We're going to we're going to Europe and we're going to fuck it up. Uh, so similarly, um, uh, well, I guess not. So this word, um, they happen on the Eiffel Tower. They make they're going to bungee jump off the Eiffel Tower, and a young woman has has shown up there to commit suicide. And um, our our lead, um, God, who knows? Was it, is it Andy? Andy. Uh, Andy. Andy, played by uh, Tom Ever Scott, bungees after her and is able to soften her fall uh, before he is uh, injured and put in the hospital. Uh, when he comes to, he decides to track down this woman who turns out she is a werewolf. She has many werewolf friends. They like to party, and um, stuff's gonna go down after that. Then now it kind of follows the same story. Uh, Andy gets bitten by a werewolf. He has to deal with the uh, repercussions of that. 
turning into werewolves at uh, unopportune times. Um, was this your first time watching an American Werewolf in Paris? No, I had seen this movie yeah. a couple occasions. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, so we talked about this last week when we were doing Anne's Family. We were talking about, oh, we're doing kind of a spookier movie. And I go, oh, yeah. So this came out in 1997. I think I saw it right when it hit HBO. Or maybe I rented this from uh, Blockbuster. And I was like, oh, I think it was too scary for me. That's not the case. <laughs> it, I don't think it was too scary for me. I was like, oh, yeah, I think the uh, the commercials made it seem pretty cool and pretty good chance you were going to see some nudity and some violence. And it, for that, it does deliver on both. It's a, uh, yeah. But... I think it was just a, uh, oh yeah, I'm just gonna block that out of my mind and thirty year, or twenty years later when I'm on a podcast, just say, yeah, I think it was too scary. I don't recall many <laughs> many events. Uh, so we picked it. You were gonna rewatch it. What, what did you remember going into American Werewolf in Paris? I I remembered now ninety. It came out in ninety seven. Yeah. Um, I think I saw this in the theater. I, so I would have been like a sophomore in high school. Snuck in. Yeah. Because it's a hard R. Clearly. Yeah. Clearly. Like I was winning through the exit. <laughs> so through the back door. And so as a sophomore in high school, I probably loved it. It hit. It checked all the boxes, Mark. Yeah. Violence. Yep. Nudity. Cussing. A lot of cut. Yeah. And some fun music. Smash mouth. You know? So for me, that, that checked all the boxes when I was a sophomore in high school. Yeah. I can't tell you why I randomly had a DVD of it. <laughs> I think it might have been... I'm going to rationalize this by saying maybe it was one of those things where I went to the Hastings before they closed. Yeah. Rest in peace, Hastings. Yeah. And it was buy two, get the third free. And I just... Of the used. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I guess I'll get this. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You bought it because you're like, well, I like that Bush song, but I'm not going to buy the soundtrack. So I guess I can just watch the movie and just watch that scene. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let, let's just, let, let's let's start positive. I, I, I feel like people can t- see where we're going with this, but what what's the best part about American Werewolf in Paris? Um, it has a good pace to it. it well, it, it does come in a, in, a, in a brisk you know, um, hour 35, maybe? Yeah, I just feel like there's no, like, weird dead time. Yeah. We're like, this, minutes, yeah. and then we're into this, and then we're into this. You know, they fill it well. I thought, for an American Werewolf in Paris, I was like, man, is it taking a long time to get to a werewolf? Outside that opening scene. Uh, I mean, I, I understand they had, they had to... We uh, had to do bungee jumping, You had to do bungee jumping. Uh, you had to get the, the montage of the friends looking for the girl, or looking for the letter. Yeah, the fun montage. Set to uh, set to the Smash Mouth song. You, you had to have the first date yeah, we in, had that, in that, the cafe. That cool Saved by the Bell scene kind of thing, where his friends are getting him dressed up and yeah. tell him how to act at the date, yeah. Uh, and then you had to have um, the rave, you know, the, the lead-up. And then I was like, "Man, we're getting a long time to get get to these werewolves." But then you you do you get to the werewolves, and then it just moves. There's more werewolves after that. I mean, that bungee jumping scene was intense. Dude. Yeah, I I mean, you know, I and I was thinking about it, I'm like, what kind of asshole 
doesn't tie his bungee cord to something on the first the first thing you do. Yeah. But then I started thinking, no, nah, man, he hasn't got any sex points on this trip. No. They're up there. Yeah. His buddies don't know what he's up to. Yeah. And he's in a hurry. He wants to ch- he wants to chuck it off this roof uh-huh. of the Eiffel Tower before his buddies get wind of this and beat him with a punch. So I can see in his hastiness the forgetfulness of attaching or tying a bungee cord to an anchor point. Oh, I thought you were going somewhere completely different in that he had no sex points. He gets to the top of the Hell Tower. His friends are razzing him. He was going to kill himself. (laughs) (laughs) He was was just going to jump. Because, you know, yeah, I'm no bungee jump expert. I don't believe you you would tie off your foot before you anchored the rope. And that is his first move. Well, his first move is to coil, which makes sense. Coil that bungee. You don't bungee. want any tangles. You don't want any tangles. Yeah. The next step should be to anchor that. Then you put it on your foot. Then you check. I don't know what his notes were doing either. Because it's a. I thought he was going to parachute. And I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. He needs to get the right angle. Yeah. But if you're bunging, does the wind matter? It's just going to snap you right. back. That's what I to thought wherever too. Like, you are. Oh, he's going to base jump. Yeah. Um, and then his notes too. I I paused on his notes. Uh-huh. I wanted to read some of the oh, things. Oh, good. Yeah. There was the weird angles and trajectories, but the one thing that really caught my mind, caught my eye, was a crosswind of twenty eight miles per hour. Uh-huh. I'm like, that's not a light wind. No. Twenty eight mile hour wind. That's a substantial wind. Yeah. And then he tests the wind, uh-huh. and Absolutely it flutters never. straight down. Yeah. So, <clears throat> when did he take these notes? So he had the notes written already, right? Yeah, I think so. So I think he looked a week in advance, Mm -hmm. wrote it down, got to the top, read his notes, said, 20 miles per hour wind, well, that's bullshit. Let me drop this piece of paper. No, this is wrong. Yeah, we're cool. Okay, okay. Yeah, let me bungee. Then he's like, I got to hurry up before that wind picks up. Yeah, yeah, while there's no wind. Oh, because if if a 28 mile per hour wind comes while you're bungee jumping, that's going to swing you like a pendulum. You know, you're just going to go back and forth over yeah, the Yeah, you get whipped chair. around and wrapped up. Now, I'm also not a bungee jumping expert, yeah. Mark. Um, I may know less about bungee jumping than you. Yeah. Merely because I have personally seen you zipline. Yeah. And so I feel like ziplining... That's where my mind went, too. Is like, I've never bungee jumped, but I have zipline. I feel like ziplining may be closer to bungee jumping than anything I have ever done. Yeah. Um, now, the bungee cord itself... The loose end just seemed to be like four strings. Yeah. Are, is bungee cord strong enough where you can just tie a couple bows onto something and that anchor you? Yeah, I feel like you'd want to like lock that in. Five or so wraps and then yeah. like some bolts. And yeah, like, there'd definitely be like and a, then like a, like a shrink, bolt. a shrink wrap, uh, yeah. like casing that shrunk around the wraps, and then maybe some super glue on. You know, really meld it all together and then. Uh, yeah, I'm just saying, I'm not sure that, and I know it's 1997, technology's coming a long way. I'm not sure that bungee cord was up to code. Now let me ask you this. You're no bungee expert. I'm slightly a bungee expert. <laughs> Does a bungee jump work where as you reach the, the, the full extension of your bungee, is it slow enough that you could let someone go and they would just gently fall to the ground? It must be. They're right because they're at some point 
you're reversing direction. Yeah. So there's a microsecond where you actually stop. Okay, yeah, your speed... Yeah, I was trying to figure out... Because, you know, it's, 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 like, it's like if you were in a plane crash, you know, you're tumbling to the ground. It's not like you get five feet from the ground and just jump off the plane and be like, oh... Well, I've jumped five feet before. Right. So here I am on the ground. No, the momentum, the speed in which you are traveling is is a great... Again, there are bungee jumps. I don't know how this works. It's a great speed, but there must be a moment... Do you slow down on the bungee? Yeah. As you the, might, as, I think as the core tensions, like, yeah, it slows, and then it stops, and you start going back up. Oh. So there's that second where, all, where mass stops. So if he's holding on to her with one hand... Yeah. On her little foot. Or her te- yeah. Her, her petite her foot. petite little ankle. Yeah. Holding on just right. And that bungee cord is the exact length he needs. Yeah. Um, which, if he did his math, he didn't do his math. Yeah. Because that bungee cord, well, I mean, his bros had to catch the thing. So maybe it's his luck. Because if he did his math, the bungee would be just enough so he would be like, like what? If he's the real daredevil, I mean, it's the daredevil yeah. tour. You would bungee until you were like six inches from the ground, right? Oh, right. So, Willie, she should have slammed her face in the ground. Yeah. Um, no, he, but, he set his higher because you assume he was going to anchor it further back. Yeah. But his buddies had to grab the rope and then Slide, they go all the way yeah. to the edge. He, he's attached to his foot. Tom Ever Scott, he's a, he's, a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a lanky guy. He's probably, he's probably a six footer. Yeah. Julie Delpy. Five five, I don't know. So combine and oh and outstretched arm. Yep. So I don't know. You, you had two feet. Is that what? Do you, what do you do with your? It's like a foot. Yeah, I probably had uh, three feet. Say yeah. three feet. He's, he got long arms. So he that rope took him. I mean, he lets her go, and she's six inches off the ground. Yeah. So he really only had six inches plus Julie Delpy plus his arm. Uh, and he was probably going to set that about 10 feet back. So, yeah, he's, he's no daredevil. No. He's going to have that snap him back 20 feet up. Yeah, you that's know? true. 20 feet from the ground. That's true. You know. But, yeah, I do think, given science, and I, I may not be a bungee jumping expert, Mark, but I'm a science expert. Mm-hmm. There's a point where you stop and you could just let go and she just... It's not like an elevator. You're yeah. not traveling at the... At, your speed is yeah. decreasing. So you do slow down. Yeah. Yeah. I, man. So they just really lucked out because I feel like you're either going too fast or you're reversing. In which case, if he let her go, she would she would travel up. But they, they just... Timed it luck right. Luck would have it. Timed it right. She's wearing that... Uh, you know, a loose-fitting shoe, too. Very loose. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, his buddies... Strong grips. You know, and say what you will about his buddies, and we'll get into it maybe when we do what, what's the worst part. Um, yeah, they're obnoxious Americans, but they're good friends. Yeah. I mean, the fact that they're just doing all this work to get Andy to hook up with this Parisian woman. They're helping him out. Yeah. Well, one goes back to her house, right? Yeah, to look for her. It's just like, hey, we're at this rave. You know what? I'm going to bounce. I'm going to go back to her house just in case she shows up there. He has no reason to do that. No, totally selfless guy. They right. understand that she's yeah. safe at that point. That yeah. she's that she's not trying to kill herself. Oh, because he's already gone on the date. Yeah, so like that'd be weird if if uh, if we if we were single gents, and uh, I had already gone to coffee with a girl, 
and we go there, and she's like, oh, man, she, had, she was going to meet at this club, and you're like, you know what, bro, I'm going to go check her house again. <laughs> That's just weird. You just wait. Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Go do your own thing. You also got to get some, some sex points on the board, because you didn't bungee. You didn't bungee off the Eiffel Tower. No. Um, yeah, I, you know, it didn't fit the movie, I don't think. But one thing uh, I did enjoy, and I think this, I think it's a very 90s thing, um, I feel like this would have a very fun um, soundtrack. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't feel like it fit the movie, uh, but you got that Bush song, and um, I was, you know, that comes on, I'm like, oh, well, that's good, that's good. Uh, there's a better than Ezra song. I don't know if that's the song that they're doing when they're doing the chasing Andy around the neighborhood yeah. thing. Um, which again, that song just seemed out of place, but I was like, that's a fun song. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, you got some cake on, um, cake on there. You got, um, yeah, there's only bands I recognize. Fastball. I, I know them. They had a song. Yeah, they had that song. Yeah. Um, I feel like that's a fun 90s. I think it's a nice time capsule uh, of the 90s. It was, yeah. Yeah. Uh, music played 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 a good played a role in this movie. Yeah, I mean they they paid for some tracks. Yeah. I yes. Mean, that, and that's another thing too with like uh an American Wolf in London. They paid for some music. Yes. I mean, oh, in comparison, the uh that you know, if we were doing American Wolf in London, I in what what is one of the best things outside? You know, we we would go down our list, and eventually it would be the music in American Werewolf in London is awesome. Yeah, yeah, so good. And every song just fits. Uh, fun piece of trivia: every song, the title contains the word "moon" in it. Oh, so they actually did some did some thinking. Yeah, <laughs> they, they they curated a uh, a. Uh, and that was before Google. You couldn't just type in songs, songs with "moon" in the lyrics. Oh, I mean, how, how many can we name? They had to go through their collection of, yeah. of records. Bad Moon Rising. Moon Dance. Moon, oh, Blue Moon. That's Blue the, Moon. Yeah, that plays yeah. a lot in there. Yeah. I'm out. They probably came up with like two other ones. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was the worst part about American Werewolf in Paris? Uh, for me, it was absolutely by far the, com- the, the computer animated special effects. Yeah. And this is where I was going to get into... I, so you think about werewolves in in cinematic history. You think of uh, Universal's The Wolfman. Yeah, uh, yeah. Underworlds. You got um, uh, American Werewolf in London. Uh, I, Twilight has werewolves in it. Where does this got re- werewolves? Yeah. Um, that was on a werewolf list, but I just said... They're like, pretty not, bad I'm werewolves, too, these. because I think they're just giant wolves. I want my werewolf to be... I want my werewolf to be like a monster. Yeah, you want it to retain some humanoid he- features. Yeah, some yeah. humanoid features. They're just big wolves. Mm. Um, where does uh, where, where do these wolves rank? Uh, I mean, once they're tr- fully trans... It's the transformations yeah. that look bad to me. Once they're transformed, yeah, I mean, they... Still looks superimposed, but they look okay. Mm-hmm. They look they look ex- almost exactly like the underworld werewolves. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh wow, these werewolves all look the same here. Yeah. Um, yeah. I uh, 
when you do an American Werewolf in London, and you know, it won, it wins the uh, the Academy Award for for best makeup. It's all done practical effects. You know everything you're seeing is it's in camera. When you when you go to do the remake, it I just feel like it's a weird call to be like well, we're doing it all computers. Yeah, I mean the only thing that was still practical was probably the the zombie effects. Yeah, of the the haunted or whatever mm-hmm. the, the the spirits. Yeah. Um, Which, I was thinking they looked better in... in they the, looked way better in... In American World in London. Yeah. I feel like Ju- Julie Bowen, who turns into one of the uh, the undead, just looks like she's, like, going to a Halloween party. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just, yeah, eh, some slash marks on my face and we'll cover some blood. Yeah. Uh, you know, when you see, uh, uh, who, who's, uh, Jack in American World in London, it, that's just, it, he's gruesome looking. And the way it develops throughout yeah, the and movie. Then, yeah. It's like, oh, I almost... I, I kind of want to stop looking at yeah. it. Stop shit. I, I, it's almost, um, it, it's a nice change as he starts to decay. Because it's like, okay, he looks better. <laughs> he, looks, he, looks, he looks better. Um, speaking of uh, the, the the undead, was it clear to you that she is the daughter of David and Alex? Uh, and by her, I mean um, Seraphine. Seraphine? She's the daughter of... I read this on the Wikipedia. Well, the that, and I was like, "Oh, that was not clear to me in the movie, but maybe I maybe I missed it." So, in on the Wikipedia, it says that Seraphine is the daughter of David and Alex from the original American Werewolf in Paris. I don't think that's that's never stated. Right? No, that's not that in the movie. The ghost mom is Alex Alex Price from the first one. Uh, I don't feel like they ever say okay. anything. Like I just that. want to make sure I didn't miss it. I'm I'm going back to the wiki. I'm gonna read off this to make sure I don't have this wrong, and we don't like fools who don't know what we're talking about. Okay, so when Seraphine leaps off the Eiffel Tower just before Andy is about to bungee jump, he executes a mid-air rescue. That's true. She vanishes into the night, leaving Andy intrigued, unaware that she is the daughter of David Kessler and Alex Price, the couple seen 16 years earlier in the first film. And then that night, Andy and Chris and Brad attend a nightclub called Club de la Lune, which that also happens. There's a guy named Claude. There's a werewolf society. This all seems right, except for that part where I was like, I th- it's not the same actress. It's it's not. Uh... I feel like that may be a interpretation. Okay. Because I I don't feel like they say that whatsoever. It does make a little sense on the fact that like she's doing the experiments on the. the she does say it's her stepfather. It's her stepfather. Which... And David dies in London. Yeah. So, spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah. But I don't think. I think if there was, if that was a real thing, if 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 the the writer and director were like, yeah, we, I think they would have made that abundantly clear. I have an American father and a British mother, and something like that. Yeah. Um, I really, I really don't. I think someone's taken liberties with the wiki page there. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna see. Um. So we get the wiki. I want to see if so, I want to see if somebody has done a write up. Um, 
you know what? I'm, I'm, yeah. Again, it was not clear to me. And then I read that, and I go, holy shit, I missed that. And then I did some digging in my brain, because I was like, well, that doesn't make any sense at all. That, because then I was going to ask you, if you were like, yeah, she says it, you dummy. As what year does this take place? 1997? Do we just assume it happens on the same time? Yeah. They're dressed like they're in the 90s. Yeah. And if we assume American Werewolf in London is also just it's taking place in 1991, that would mean that Seraphine was 16 years old. Right. And the actress, Julie Delpy, was 27. And um, also, just she seemed to have lived a life. Yeah. And um, does appear nude in the film. So, it'd be setting a lot of weird... <laughs> Weird, uh... Yeah, I, I think someone's taking... Their timeline's way messed a, up if it's true. Making a, a interpretation because they are the kind of person that needs things to connect. Okay, I'm going to edit the wiki real fast and just be like, that's bullshit. It's bullshit. <laughs> that's, that's, that never happens. I was almost... I, I was like, okay, if that's true, it has to be in this scene... So I guess I can go back and rewatch it, and then I was like, I'm not going to do that, though. <laughs> I don't. So I'm just going to ask I Mike. don't think that was ever yeah. alluded to in the film. Listeners, if 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 you, if you like, no, guys, at the 23-minute mark, when the ghost mom appears, they make it very clear that she is Alex Price from the first movie. Let us know. Please, uh, please. You know what? Timestamp it. Also, that makes this movie worse. <laughs> yeah. Because now they just have a bunch of continuity errors yep. and their timeline's all fucked up. Uh, it does make it worse. Yeah. Unless she was. Unless she birthed a four year old. <laughs> I don't know how werewolves work. Let me ask you a question, Mark, since you don't know how werewolves work. And yeah. Clearly, you're talking about the gestation period of werewolves, and I'm just going to talk about the werewolf mythologies. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't think jumping off of a building can kill a werewolf, right? Well, in American Werewolf in London, um, Jack, uh, Jack is telling David to kill himself. And he goes, don't I need a silver bullet? And he just goes, be real. Okay. And okay, so I always thought you need a silver yeah, bullet. He is just killed by regular bullets, as is the maniac man. So, so I, I believe that if you are a werewolf, you could just you you can just... You, you live by the same rules as everyone else in nature. You're just super strong. Or I guess whatever that movie... Somewhere the Silver Bullet thing came into play. I feel like it's from so the original like a, Wolfman movie. Right. So there's yeah. some interpretation... Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's just an artistic thing. Yeah. Too. Yeah, they've yeah, decided werewolves can only be killed by Silver Bullet. Right. These werewolves can jump off a billion and die. Yeah. And I'm sure in the original American Werewolf in London, uh, John Landis was just like, yeah, we have to remove that because it would make no sense for these cops to show... American Werewolf in London really... I mean, it takes place over a month, but... Three weeks of that is in a coma. It really takes place. It's three days. Yeah. It's their walkabout night. He wakes up. And then it's really just the next two nights. And uh, three nights. Because, well, however long he's at Alex's place before the first full moon. Uh, which, yeah, I feel like that was a night. It's like one night yeah. and then the next night's the full moon. And it really takes place over four days. There's no werewolf attacks other than the first night. It's not like the cops would show up. I feel like he wanted that ending, which is like, oh no, he's just going to be gunned down an alley. We just need regular cops to kill him, so we're just going to put in this one throwaway line to wrap it all up. 
which is smart. That's good. Yeah, fil- that's good filmmaking. That is. That's yes. You say this line, so then in Act Three, he can just be killed by a regular gun. And I'd like to think that happened late in the late in the editing process, mm-hmm. and like, get him back in the makeup. We need him to say something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh, let's see what else I had. Uh, did I do what, what I hated most? Oh, <laughs> I just feel like this was like all the worst stuff about like '90s films. It was like just the clothes, the music, the bad CGI, um, the lingo. I hated when when uh, Seraphine shows up at the out tower. I just again, they're three douchebags. They're not likable. They're, none of them are like David, even Andy, where it's just like. I'm supposed to kind of root for this guy, right? But he's just kind of a... He's kind of a douchebag, too. I mean, he has douchebag buddies. In his own way. He's not getting as late as much as them, but you're still a douchebag, you know? Yeah. And he just... She comes up there and like, oh, check out the talent. And just, like, the things they say, I was like, these these guys are insufferable. Anyone that goes on a Daredevil tour is a douchebag. Yeah. We just assume that if that's how you want to spend your summer, you're a douchebag. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's kind of like... Point break. All those guys are douchebags. All those guys are douchebags. <laughs> yeah. If Bodie wasn't a bank robber and he was just the guy like in your dorms, you like fucking Bodie's a douchebag. Douchebag, man. He throws good parties and that's kinda why we hang out with him. <laughs> but man, if you really sit down with him, he's kind of a douche. <laughs> and that whole Earth Mama shit is bullshit. <laughs> he's just trying to get laid. Yeah, just trying to get sex points. Yeah, he's just trying to <laughs> trying to get his sex points. Um yeah, it just, it was that. And then I just, the movie, it's also listed as a comedy horror, but I, I don't think it had the charm of the first one. It, it, it tried to recapture what the first one yeah. did, and it just couldn't. It, I feel like they just kind of put, like, sillier music. Like, oh, it's a horror movie, but it's kind of a comedy, so we're going to put this better than Ezra song in there while they're running around. So, well, that didn't make it funny. Right. Julie Bowen does do it. It didn't work for me, but I I appreciate her attempt or the uh, the filmmaker's attempt to add some comedy when she's doing the uh, she's trying to alert people that um, Andy is, is there. Yeah, and she goes to whistle, and uh, well, her face is all fucked up, so she can't whistle. And her eye pops. Her out. eye pops. It, it goes on too long. Yeah. but uh, I, I did appreciate the attempt. It does go on too long? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what does this movie do better than American Werewolf in London? Oh gosh, I don't think it actually does anything better. Can it? Can a movie not do anything better? How many Smash Mouth songs did a Bear World of Legend have? Exactly. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't. I mean, I don't know. The, I like Tom Everett Scott. I guess you know. He's also a guy I go, I like this guy, I think, right? Yeah, I guess. I, I like um, that thing you do. And now you're out of movies. Yeah. I really am. You're I, I just uh, I just pulled up on um I just pulled him up on Letterboxing. You know, did something recently. <clears throat> they okay. do it by uh, popularity. So his number one most popular film is La La Land. I believe he plays Emma Stone's new husband. Okay. When you know, because they, they they don't end up together. I think she ends up with Tom Everett Scott. Then it's that thing you do. Then it's uh, Race to Witch Mountain, the remake with The Rock. He was in Van Wilder, which I don't remember. He must have been the villain. I don't remember that either. 
Uh, Boiler Room, which again, I don't remember him in that either. I don't either. Uh, and then I'm trying to go to the next movie I know. Dead Man on Campus. I remember that. That was that was a, a, a leading role for him, right? Yeah. Him and Mark Paul Gossler. Right around the same time. I feel like it's that thing you yeah. do, Mary Warren Barrowis, Dead Man on Campus. <clears throat> and, uh, and that's it. Okay. It, his career it really didn't... Uh, didn't pop off, I, I I think, the way he thought. Is Julie Bowen the most successful person to come out of American Woman Ferris? Maybe. Uh, Julie Delpy's pretty big. She has the three... You know. Yeah. I feel like she has the three... Um, the After Sunset, After... Yeah. Uh, she the, has with, those movies. With the Ethan Richard Lake Lake yeah, Lake the Lake Lake films. Yeah. I mean, so it, she's a, in France, she's a megastar. Yeah. That's a thing. So... Yeah, I mean, at this to, point... To the normal... To to the average American, just because of Modern Family, you probably recognize Julie Bowen. I think Julie Delby probably had the better film career. Yeah. Out, yeah, out of think, everybody. Yeah, I think that's a good that's a good point. I mean, mm-hmm. like, Julie Bowen, movie-wise, I can think of this now, since I watched it again, yeah. in Happy Gilmore? Uh, Hubie Halloween as well. Oh. Spoilers, but... You know, she's probably second on the poster. She's, her name's probably second, yeah, after Adam Sandler. We're teaming back up, getting yeah. the old uh, Happy Gilmore crew together, huh? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, man, I'm really... I, I, I want to say something for that this movie did this better. But I am... Um, I guess this movie captured what it was like to go to a rave better. Because Michael Wolf and didn't have any scenes. Um, I that the pub is The pub scene, though... Is great in American Werewolf in London. Yeah, and that's... I just love that. That's that that you first made, scene. You made me miss. Yeah, I never... But then, like, the way that they're, they're, they're kind of standoffish, but then the guy tells the joke, and then it's like, oh, okay, now they're in, but then he had to ruin it and ask about the... Uh, uh, candles and the... The, the... the candles on the wall. Yeah. And, and you know, for me, too, I... Were there too many werewolves in this movie? I think there were. This is pre Underworld too. I don't. Why this movie? Okay, what did this movie do worse? I mean, I don't. Let's mind, skip over to I that don't category. Mind a group of werewolves, like a, a pack of wolves. That makes sense. But it was like a rave that just feasting. And there's like a cabillion werewolves. Yeah. Is this after From Dust Till Dawn? Oh, I don't know. Because it kind of has that vibe, you know. In, in Dust Till Dawn, it's vampires. Vampires and Werewolves go hand in hand, though. Yeah. But in Dust Till Dawn, all these people gather at this bar, but it turns out, oh, it's like a trap to yeah. feast on, you know, for all these vampires. So, and that's kind of what happens in this movie. Everybody gets invited to this rave, and then it turns out, oh, it's a trap because these werewolves are going to be there. Uh, although I feel like being part of the werewolf is the hunt, you know? Yeah. Yeah, this is... This is yeah, no. This is paying someone to trap a bear for you so you can Yeah, it's it, like Jurassic know? Park. T-Rex isn't going to eat the goat. No. T-Rex wants to hunt. He wants to hunt for its food. Yeah. Um, yeah. What did this movie do worse? Uh, effects. Yeah. How modern technology effects can be worse than practical effects. Boom. This is your prime example right there. That body, body transformation, that transformation in the first one's so cool. It's so cool. Now that I'm into body horror, yeah. I appreciate it more. But like, his hands growing, the hair coming off his back, his face elongating. It just, it looked... 
it looks painful. Yeah. It, it, it looks realistic. And, yeah, it's, it's very effective. And then in this one, you just kind of get this, like, CGI, you know. Yeah, this another movie. Another thing this movie did uh, in American War from London, it was a, it was three people. Yeah. Right? You know, there's some supporting cast. This movie had way too, way too many people involved. The, we had the dude, and then we had the dude's two friends, and then Julie Bowen gets involved, and, and Julie Delpy, mm-hmm. Julie Delpy's brother, his crew. Yeah. I mean, there's just too much going. The cops investigating. Yeah, there's just yeah. too much. Too much. Yeah, it's... It, yeah, in, in the first one. I appreciate the first one how small of a story it was. Yeah. In that it's really... This guy gets turned into a werewolf. There is a doctor looking into it. He hooks up with a nurse. There, there is a police presence. But really, it's this guy turns into a werewolf one night. He, he tries to prevent it from happening the second night. He turns into a werewolf, and then he gets gunned down. It, it's, 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 I don't know, King Kongish, in that yeah. you know he he puts on this big werewolf display in, in the streets of London, and the cops shoot him down, and that's the end of the movie. You know, uh, Alex, who who the, the girl he's fallen in love with, tries to connect with him, says she loves him. He kind of recognizes her, and then goes after, gunned down, end of movie. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just very simple. Yeah. This is, there is a plot where she is trying to find a cure. The werewolf society steals the serum because it turns out that the serum isn't a cure. In fact, it will turn you into a werewolf whenever you want. So you don't even need a moon to turn into a werewolf. You can just do whatever you want. Yeah. And then it kind of turns, then it's like this action. Now it turns into Underworld. Five years before Underworld comes out. Yeah. It's, yeah. It just turns into werewolf fighting. Um... Yeah, it's just it's too much. And and you know we had an American werewolf in London. Uh-huh. I guess there was only one American werewolf in Paris, but there's a buttload of werewolves. Too many werewolves. So who gives a shit? Yeah, uh, the Parisian werewolves. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, you only have the one werewolf in this one. You know, there, there, there's there's many um, working against each other. Yeah, uh, the story's bad, acting's bad. Also, I don't understand how. When Seraphine turns into a werewolf, why she does doesn't why she has the wherewithal to like fight another werewolf? Exactly. Wouldn't she? All the other wolves just turn into crazed, yeah, hungry. The whole point of being a werewolf and the reason she locks herself into a cell is because she can't fight the urges. Yeah, no control. She has no control. Yet when it's convenient for the plot, she can now turn into a werewolf fighter. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, doesn't make There's any some sense. some issues here. <laughs> if she truly was the daughter of David and Alex, she would be able to fight it from the beginning. Yeah. Um, do you need to see American Werewolf in London in order to watch an American Werewolf in Paris? No, you don't. Yeah. I think it's a standalone film. I'd recommend just not watching yeah, an American Werewolf in yeah, Paris. Yeah, just don't watch it. Watch London. Yeah. Skip Paris. If you absolutely needed to throw on a American Werewolf in Paris, if you were just like, I am a Tom Everett Scott completist, yeah, I need to see this movie. I you don't need to see the first movie. No, there's very little tie unless there is a reference to her being the love child of David and Alex. I don't think there which is, I, which I don't believe there is, and it'd be fucked up if there was. If there is, it's in the scene where she's like showing him the lab. Oh, you think that... If it's somewhere, it has to be there, right? Yeah. Like, because she mentioned that's her stepfather. 
Yeah. It has to be there if it exists. But like you said, I'm not going back to check. Okay, see, I thought it would be in the scene where um, she's telling Andy he's a werewolf and then the ghost mom shows up. Yeah, maybe. I thought it would be in that scene. But you're right, yeah, it'd probably be in the lab. Because that's in the lab scene that she really gets into, like, she makes it clear, stepfather. And so you're right. If it's there, it's, it's in that scene. Yeah. Based on the wiki, though, they throw it in the first paragraph. So I just I was like, oh, yeah, it must be the first first half of the film. And this one's got this whole subplot about becoming a human again, eating the heart. Oh, they throw that in there just to overcomplicate the, things? The wolf that bit you? Yeah. Uh, so in the lore of the werewolf, if you are killed by a werewolf, you are forced to live as the undead. Until that werewolf dies. Now, well, not a zombie, just like a spirit. Yeah, because you could just kind of appear. Yeah. Um, now, if you are a werewolf, you can turn back into a human by eating the heart of the werewolf that killed, that turned you. So you'd have to find that original. So in the original movie, David, could he go to the morgue and eat the heart out of the, the, the guy that is shot? I mean, there must be some sort of time limit on that, right? Yeah. There must be... you got to have some, like, living blood cells beating heart. or something. Yeah. I'm sure there's some stipulation on Do that. Do you have to be the one who's doing the killing? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you probably yeah. need to, to, to have killed the the prior... Yeah. And, so, and we know, yeah. we, we find out in the movie that Claude... David believes Seraphine is the one who... Or a- Andy believes that Seraphine is the one who turned him to werewolf, which is why he has the dilemma about why well, can't kill her because he loves her. Yeah. But then it turns out that Claude was the one who actually turned him, so Claude turned David. I also have a sneaky suspicion that Claude turned all his buddies as well. So let's say there was a uh, uprising and those guys were like, you know, what? I don't want to be a werewolf anymore. Could all those guys kill Claude and then like pass around his heart? Yeah, maybe divvy it up. Yeah, could you chop it up and be like, okay, there's six of us, so we all take a little bit, we become human, or, or is you it... gotta eat the whole heart. First come, first serve. Yeah, you gotta eat the whole heart. It's like, uh, it's like Khaleesi in the, uh, <laughs> in the horse tent. You gotta, you gotta choke that thing down by yourself. Um... Andy was smart to do it as a wolf, though. Yeah, just as a human. right down the gullet. Yeah, yep. he would have some trouble with it. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Would you like to see this movie... Would you like to see a sequel of An American Werewolf in Paris? No. You don't want the the love child of Seraphine and Andy um, to be a wolf as well? No, but that being said, I think we could be due for a classic werewolf film. Yeah. Question. Is Seraphine still a wolf? At the end of the movie? Yeah. She, okay. Yeah. Andy's not. No, Andy's not. Andy's not. Seraphine is. I assume they're carrying on their... They just have to deal... Search for the serum or they're just keeping her in a cage. Yeah. She... Full moon comes. She she seems to have a lockdown. Yeah. She goes into her cell. You know. It sucks for a couple nights, but, you know. What are you going to do? Yeah. Rest of the time... She's perfectly charming. Normal, and perfectly yeah. normal human being. Normal, yeah. She's fun to be around. Probably, yeah. They, Andy and her seem to have a connection. You know? She seems to be into daredeviling. 
She and she also picks up Daredevil. Yeah, yeah. Well, once you get that first bungee. Yeah. Once you get that first bungee out of the way, <laughs> you know, uh, you can't come back. Yeah, I also think uh, I, I would like to see. A, a, we don't get werewolves that often. We get a shit ton of vampires. But no. you, you, it's very rare to get the, the werewolf. Um, okay. Would you like to see this movie remade or a remake of the original? This story kind of remade. I, I don't want to see any remakes. Mm-hmm. I would like to see, you know how I am with like the mythology of things. Yeah. I would like to see the prequel to An American Werewolf in London. I just want to see like that community with the pub. That star has been on the wall for 200 yeah. years or whatever. I kind of want to oh, see... Just that village. Yeah, just like yeah. that whole development over like from the Middle Ages or whenever it started. Um, to me, that would be cool. Yeah. I uh, I think a remake of An American Werewolf in Paris, if done right, could be an interesting story. If they simplified it and just you had a guy go to... You just said in Paris, the city of love. You have a guy go to Paris, he falls in love with a girl... Turns out she's a werewolf. That's your movie. You don't need Claude. You don't need all this other stuff. Just uh, deal with that. And you kind of have that uh, tonally, you know, do an American Werewolf in London where it's like, oh, it's a horror comedy uh, about this guy who falls in love with a werewolf. And he's got to figure his life out. Um, But if they were to do just, uh, yeah, so if they were going to remake, or if we do just get a straight up werewolf film, I do like the mythology that was created in the first movie. The uh, a cool aspect is the is the undead. I just think that that's a cool. Yeah, and it adds a lot. You know, uh, you, you could have that. You know, just your buddy. You killed your buddy, and now he's just hanging out as a, a decaying undead who's just like, "Hey, man, you gotta die so I can." I need. I know we're friends. Yeah, I need you to die. I like how in the first one, Jack, his demeanor about being undead was just that it was boring. Yeah, <laughs> he didn't seem super bummed about it. Like I feel like. Uh, Andy's buddy was really, really upset about being undead. Yeah, they were trying to get him to walk in front of trains. Yeah, and... he seemed like, you know, he seemed more like he was doing some hunting. Um, where Jack was just like, oh, come on, man. Yeah. That scene in the um, in the porno theater where he has to meet all his other victims and they're just, like, giving him ideas of how he could kill himself. Just, uh, that's fun. Yeah. Yeah. So, I like, if, they, if we had a new werewolf movie... Keep that in there, and that is where that is a com- That's the comedic part of, yeah. of London, is your buddy who's haunting you wants to talk to you. Mm-hmm. He says, "Come over, meet me in here." It's a porn theater. That's just funny. Yeah, that's a joke in itself. Mm-hmm. Your undead friend wants you to talk to him in a porn theater. Yeah, yeah. I was laughing. I do. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. then they show the scene in the porn where the yeah. guy comes, like the guy comes in, he's like. I told you. And like, I've never met you before. Just as funny, he, like, yeah. porn trope, like. <laughs> yeah, and then he leaves. He's like, oh, all right. Uh, remake. Yeah, I, I think it's about time. Let's, let's, get, let's get another werewolf film out there. It doesn't have to be, uh, let's get a serious werewolf film. Yeah. That'd be fun to see. And then if you are going to do a, a comedy, I'd like to see it. So, yeah, maybe, maybe we do need a, need, need a remake of it. I, I you know. I think that they should take the the werewolf mythology mm. and they should uh, give to John Krasinski. Mm. Clearly, and I haven't seen Quiet Place Two like yeah. most everyone in the world. Yeah, was there? Is there any um, release? Clearly, the guy can direct a monster movie. Yeah. Um. 
So let's look, give it to him. Give it to Krasinski. Emily Blunt already has some experience because she was in that Benicio del Toro uh, werewolf. Oh, movie. are you kidding? Seriously? Yeah, I'm pretty sure Emily Blunt was in <laughs> The Wolfman. So she's already got experience. Uh, yeah, he can do a monster movie. We also know he has some comedic chops. Yeah. Does he star in it or he's just direct? Just direct. Okay. Right, right and direct. I, he he can star in it. Emily Blunt is a, is a werewolf. John Krasinski is in the movie. Does he fall in love with Emily Blunt? Maybe. And then, yeah, boom, you're, you're, you're off to the races. Or uh, or he's just the hero of the film, you know? And he has to hunt down Emily, you know? You always have to have somebody chasing down uh, chasing down a werewolf. Uh, yeah, let's give it to her. Uh, let's give it to him. Emily Blunt's the star. She, she is uh, the, the, the titular uh, wolfman. Yeah. Yeah. And she's British. She's already British. You already got that built in. <laughs> a, a British werewolf in America. Let's really turn this now on. Now we're talking. Let's turn this on its, on its now head. Now we're talking. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to look up The Wolfman, 2010. Uh, that starred Benicio Del Toro, Anthony Hopkins, and Emily Blunt. Is that a... T- is that, is that a, a, a modern? Or does it take place in like Middle East? Victorian London. Okay. Yeah. So... Maybe I did see that. No, I didn't see that. I need to watch that. I'm gonna Hugo watch Weaving's that. also in it. So now I feel Hugo Weaving plays Van Helsing. He plays well. He plays Inspector France. Yeah, I mean he's Inspector Francis Aberline. Okay, but I, I assume he's the Van Helsing character. I think, he's the inspe- He's the cop. I think I've seen this. Yeah. I think I did see it. Uh, I think I remember being disappointed in it. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm not on Rotten Tomatoes, but uh, the letterbox scores a two, two and a half. Mm. Um, I think I did see that. Maybe. I yeah. So, well, if they make a sequel to it, we'll watch it. Yeah, we will. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess would it be considered a remake of like the Universal Monster movie? Maybe. Yeah. You know what? Maybe we'll put it on the calendar next year. Maybe. Yeah, or next full moon. We'll see. Uh, American Werewolf in Paris. Did we need it? Absolutely not. I am. I am going to agree with Mike. This was this was a this was a bad this was a bad movie. It, it just there wasn't a lot to like about it. Yeah. Um, it's not good. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really stretching to say some good things about it, but it was tough. I don't even know. They made it really hard on us. How this even came about to get made, I have no idea, Mark. Mm. And it, it's like, it, it was in this era of those of those movies, those uh, those American Pies, those road trips, Dead Man on Campus. Yeah. So clearly that's the theme of the whole Daredevil tour where they got that part of the movie. Yeah. But why they took that and were like, well, let's... Shove it into a, a werewolf movie. It does seem like it was American Pie. Um, yeah, they could have called it American Pie in Paris. Yeah. It, or, I mean, really, those three guys, I mean, it, it was like Stifler and Jason Biggs yeah. and one of the other guys go to Paris. Like, We're talking about a, you know, a, a young adult raunch com. Yeah. It's not, it's not full on, it's not that raunchy, but Though you know of, what I mean. Yeah, it wasn't like... It wasn't like American Pie or European Trip or Euro Trip or whatever, but like, the, like 
the sex and nudity did seem like gratuitous, like unearned, gratuitous, you know, just unnecessary. Unnecessary. Um, like her taking her top off was just like, oh yeah, and well, you're gonna take your top off, and we're gonna tease it in the in the trailer. So you know, that we'll get the teenage boys uh, uh, to come in. We're, we're gonna tease that scene. They were trying to make a hybrid movie of these teen films mm-hmm. and these lighter uh, slasher movies that were were trending yeah. at the same time like we did I still know you last summer yeah the Scream films yeah right I mean this is the that, same year yeah as... that is exactly what they were trying to do they are trying to do this this hybrid yeah horror teen thing mm-hmm. yeah is it you know and they were trying to keep they were like oh but A Bear and Werewolf in London that's perfect because it's, it's a horror comedy Scream's ten times funnier than this movie yeah. And Scream is just a straight up port. Like I don't think they try to say well, you know. I, I understand it's, it's a little satirical, but it's average. It's, it's a slasher horror movie, but yeah. they do comedy way better than uh, than this movie. Um, yeah, it just it, it did not work. Yeah, I mean that one. Scream was a slasher movie for the new generation, mm-hmm. and America and Werewolf in Paris is not a werewolf movie for the new generation. Did this set werewolf movies back? Is that probably why we haven't gotten like one in a while? Maybe, or maybe just ever. no one can figure out how to do the transformations right. Yeah, you know, outside of uh, American Werewolf in London, which, you know, seemed to be very popular and quite a hit, I just don't feel like anybody's gotten the uh, big blockbuster, the big hit, the big werewolf hit, where it's like, oh, have you seen such and such? It's awesome. Yeah, and I really don't think you can count Underworld. I don't know if... Those are com- that was a comic, yeah, and, and it's actiony and it's it's it's, a, it's an action matrixy thing, yeah, and I, I and I don't really think you can count that. No, obviously you can't count Twilight because they turned the dogs, I guess. Yeah, yeah, it's not and yeah. but it's not the whole. Yeah, I, we want the man who every twenty some days because of a full moon turns into a wolf. Yeah, and can't help it. The scene where he has to. Lock himself in a cage. He has to handcuff himself to the radiator because he knows the full moon's coming. Yeah, I would like to see that movie, and it's more of an, his internal struggle. Yeah, and how he's learned to deal with it in his life. That would be awesome. Yeah, he's too much of a coward to kill himself, but yeah. he lives with the guilt. Yeah, and there's just you don't see a lot of a lot of werewolf movies uh, popping up. No, they, they don't get in there. So yeah, so we'll just, we'll just get on that. Not us though. We're, we're passing. We're passing on this one. No, no. We'll uh, let the Krasinski take care of yeah. it. Yeah. If you have thoughts on American Werewolf in Paris, if if you know the scene we're talking about, where they make it very clear that this is tied to American, if that scene doesn't exist, this has no tie to American Werewolf in London. No. There's no mention. Other than it's on the same continent. Yeah, that, that's it. And yeah. That's arguable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you'd think after the events of London, werewolves. Like, there, there would be maybe more people more prone to believing the werewolf story. There, there, there would probably some cover-up. There's probably going to be some skeptics. But you should have that guy who was just like, 16 years ago, you know, uh, a crazed beast tore up the street. Because it was a very public event. Um, that happened. Yeah. There's just nothing. Streets of London. It's easy. You One just, of the biggest cities in the world. Yeah. I just wrote the line of dialogue for you. You pop it in there, you have a cop in there who people think, oh, come on, that was all disproven. And he's like, no, hey, 
that was that was a, that was a werewolf. Pulls out some old some old newspaper flutters down the yeah. down the street in the wind, and you, you just, love that. Yeah, you just catch Pops it on up. the camera in the frame. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna remake this movie. <laughs> uh, yeah. If, so if you have thought, you can email us at DBTG Podcast. You can uh, dbtgpodcast at gmail.com or find us on Twitter, DBTG Pod, Facebook, iTunes, Stitcher. Google Play. Everywhere you find podcasts, you can rate, review, listen, uh, download. Um, we have another movie lined up. It just released. We're, we're going to do some new releases. Uh, 2020 has been a weird year for that, but we, they, they're coming to streaming. Uh, we're doing Borat. Uh, subsequent movie film. Subsequent movie film. I'm glad you knew it, yeah. Because uh, Don't worry, I'm going to nail it for... It's a lot longer. I think the actual yeah. subtitle is much longer. Oh, what did you think of, uh, as far as the sequel naming goes, A Mary Whirlf in Paris? If, I feel like this, we're, been, we're utterly disappointed that this isn't actually a sequel. Yeah. Um, so, uh, if it was truly a sequel, I'd be down with it. Mm-hmm. Just like, different setting. London, yeah. Paris, next time it's a, a British Whirlf in New York. Yeah, something like I, I like that kind of naming convention. So mm. I'm gonna say it's uh, six out of ten. Oh, all right. Um, yeah, so we'll, we're gonna do the Borat movie. Watch it. it's on streaming on Amazon Prime. Um, I feel like we're gonna spoil it because I feel like I just by reading the new reading the actual news, the movie's getting spoiled for me. True. <laughs> so be prepared for uh, Borat uh, for next episode. Uh, Till then, it's been Don't Be That Guy, a guide to sequel and remakes. Lycanthropy has no cure.